they didn't know what was wrong. And by the time she was 15, they called and said, is there any chance she could come and live with you and your husband? Um, take her away from this crowd here. My first response was no. Hi, I'm Abigail Archery and this is Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths, where we talk to people about their faith and how it guided them through the best and worst of times, their missions and ministries that were perpetually born out of crisis and how God is using them today to make an unshakable difference. Welcome to Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths podcast. Our guest on today's show is Ariana Walker. She's a seasoned speaker, author, and the CEO of a renowned ministry called Mercy UK. Mercy UK provide residential care and a whole lot more to girls who are dealing with trauma, tragedy, and brokenness, just to name a few. And she's here to just talk to us and share some of the compelling work that they've been doing over the years. Ariana, welcome to the show. So let's proceed with what I believe is an unshakable testimony that you and your family have. But certainly I'm keen to know about the, the journey from then onwards, which led you to becoming the CEO of this remarkable and renowned ministry, Mercy UK. Well, it all started quite a long time ago now. Uh, the first time I ever heard Nancy Alcon, who's the president and founder of Mercy Multiplied, which is the global organization of Mercy. Um, I heard her speak in my local church, uh, and I was at a time in my life, I was in my mid-twenties, I was feeling like I had a purpose, and and I couldn't quite work out what that purpose was. I I ticked all the boxes, I had a nice husband, and, you know, wanted to had had a family, and and all these kind of things were going on, but I really felt like there was a lack of purpose, and I was praying and talking to God about that. And on that particular day, Nancy Alcon stood up and she started speaking about the vision of mercy uh, and told testimony after testimony of these young women whose lives had been changed through going into the home. And something on the inside of me just came alive. It was like a fire on the inside and my hands were burning and I was literally like something's going on. And as she began to speak more about mercy, I just knew there was a heart connection happening that I've never really been able to put into words and uh, at the end of her uh, her, her um, sharing and her message, she got everybody to stand and we and she prayed over us. And I remember standing in the crowd of a thousand people and raising my hand and just saying to God, "If there's any way I can get involved with this, then I I say yes." And I saw nameless, faceless young women who, in the course of my life, I would have the privilege of helping. I did not know then when I prayed that prayer how personal that journey would become and how the first young woman I'd ever come across wouldn't be a nameless, faceless, broken girl, but actually would be my own sister. And so the testimony of this big vision of many and multitudes, boiling it right down to the one and the one being my own blood relative is is a remarkable journey that really only God could write. What happened after that uh, prayer and that kind of God encounter was that my parents called me a few months later. My sister's 10 years younger than me at the time. She was 15 years old and they, we'd seen a really um, significant change in her behaviors. Uh, we, my parents, uh, Christians, loved God, were pastors for many years, missionaries too. 
work for Open Doors, another great organization. They um, had seen her deteriorate. She became what they called rebellious. That was the only term they had for her behavior. She was angry. She was taking drugs. She was hanging out with the wrong crowd. She was, um, you know, skiving school or missing school. She was um, getting into fights. She tried to take her life. There was all sorts of behaviors. And they just thought she's rebellious. She's walking away from God. She's got in with the wrong crowd. Walking, you know, not going to church anymore. So they didn't know what was wrong. And by the time she was 15, they called and said, is there any chance she could come and live with you and your husband? Um, take her away from this crowd here. They lived in the Midlands at the time. Can she come back to Yorkshire, come to your church? It's got a good youth ministry. And to be honest with you, my first response was no. <laughs> I didn't want a dysfunctional 15-year-old coming to live in my home. And uh, then I felt God remind me of that prayer that I prayed only a few months before. He said, I thought you said you wanted to be sent to the brokenhearted. I thought you said yes to reaching out to broken young women. And so um, we said yes. And when she came to live with us at 15, she stayed with us for three years. And it was my first ever encounter of what Christian brokenness looks like. Because it looks different to the brokenness we find out in the community. Uh, and so she explained to me within the first few weeks of getting to know what was going on for her that really the rebellion that we thought was rebellion was in fact the symptoms of abuse. She'd been abused by a man that she'd met in the local park across the road when she was 12 years old and he'd groomed her into a sexually abusive relationship. And for three years, she'd been trapped in this hell, in this darkness. And her behaviours were actually symptoms. They were symptoms of her brokenness and the trauma she was experiencing. But none of us knew that we didn't have the language for that. We didn't have the framework for that. And for her, her anger wasn't, and the, the, the help she needed wasn't just to do with her addictions or the behaviors. It was to do with figuring out where God was in amidst that trauma. Because she'd known God since being a young girl. She'd known God to be her. She'd been told he, he loved her. He was her father. He was her savior, her redeemer. And yet she'd experienced such terrible, trauma and abuse that she couldn't work out why she would be the one that God didn't help and didn't intervene for and allowed these things to happen in her life. Um, she ended up being one of the first young women to go to Mercy in America. They'd never accepted anyone from outside of the UK before. Uh, and whilst I had the vision in my heart to see Mercy established here in the UK, we were a long way off from that. And my sister needed help now. So she became the first girl ever to be accepted from the UK. She was there for eight months. And during that time, those eight months, she encountered God in a way that we can now see here in the UK home happen day in, day out. And God helped put her back together again. And he was the one who uh, pieced her back, who healed her broken heart, who began that uh, journey of transformation in her life. And eight months after she came back, to the UK and became part of the team of helping to establish uh, Mercy here in the UK and that was almost 20 years ago now. Debbie like many girls who are in need of a void to be filled in their lives gravitate to love in all the darkest and most undesirable places. 
where love often does not exist at all. There was an older man that would also be part of the crowd, but he did take a liking to me, and it was more than any of the other girls. I just didn't realize that it was grooming. I didn't realize he was grooming me. Within the first year, he introduced me to sex, to drugs, to fast cars, fast living. But because I thought it was normal, I just thought, right, well, I better learn how to live it. But what never felt normal was the way that I felt on the inside constantly. Because I'd been raised in church, and I kept remembering all of these stories that I'd learned, and. The hero in all of these stories always was God. He's meant to be good and a protector. And if he wasn't those things to me, and yet he still loves me, then the way I can hurt him and get his attention is by hurting myself. and putting myself in as much risk as possible. And that is when, at 17, I hit the self-destruct button. What's one thing you wished everybody knew about transformation in Christ? <laughs> I wished everyone knew that it was a process, that it wasn't a destination, it's a journey. Wholeness, freedom, transformation, whatever name you want to attach to it, it's not a moment in time it's not a destination that we're going towards and when we get there when we get whole then we'll be okay when we get free we'll be okay when we get our transformation our breakthrough we have this mentality that it's something we're moving towards that it's a destination when in fact in my experience over 20 years now of walking the journey with people and my own journey too is learning that freedom is the journey it's a day by day a layer by layer a step by step it's a relationship with the one who is our freedom uh, and he walks alongside us and whilst breakthrough is not we think it's the end of something we think like I'll get my breakthrough and that'll be the end when in fact my experience is as when we get a breakthrough not the breakthrough, but we get mm. a breakthrough. It's I in like fact that. the beginning. It's the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of walkthrough. So breakthrough and walkthrough need to go hand in hand. So whenever we have a breakthrough, a new revelation of who we are in Christ or, uh, you know, a setting free from an addiction, there is still then a walkthrough required. There's still a day by day choice of walking in what we learn in that particular breakthrough. And that never ends. In our whole walk as Christians, that transformational process doesn't get completed until we stand before the throne of heaven and he completes the work he began in us. And so that's what would be the thing that I would most want people to understand about wholeness. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you for unpacking that. What are the three core values of Mercy UK? Uh, hope, transfer, hope restored and lives transformed would be something that we talk about often to see people every christian from every walk of life Mm. really engage in developing their relationship with god with themselves and then with other people and that all boils down to discipleship you know we have a passion for god as a ministry we have a passion for people and that 
shows itself in the way that we have all this variety of services, the home, our discipleship model yeah. uh, that, that churches use throughout the UK and Europe now and all the training we provide that's, that shows our, our passion for people. And then our passion for excellence is, is the one that, that shows itself in the way we do it. Oh. So it all boils down to those three, passion for God, passion for people, passion for excellence. Um, but it, it weaves its way through our, our mission and our vision to see hope restored and lives transformed. We'll be right back after this. Our verse today is found in the Passion Translation, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and chapter 4, verse 16. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If you suffer for being a Christian, don't consider it a disgrace but a privilege. Glorify God because you can carry the Anointed One's name. And now, let's return to our interview. And in terms of unraveling this some more, the mission and the vision, tell us about two or more um, testimonials of young ladies whose lives inevitably have been transformed as a result of coming in contact with the ministry. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, my sister, you know, when she came back from Mercy, I realized that Mercy wasn't just a good idea. It wasn't just this interesting charity or ministry it was actually life-saving and it was truth it was a place where um she could explore um god for herself um you know it wasn't a counselor or a or a therapist or a vicar or a minister it was god himself yeah and seeing that in her life really spurred me on to be able to to create such an environment for for other young women Debbie's courageous story is one of many who are questioning God while seeking for love in all the wrong places. And the beauty of this is God in his infinite love as a father always allows us, like the prodigal son, to go out, wonder, knowing one day we shall return back. It was like a light bulb went on. I saw everything that I had gone through with totally different eyes. She then gave me a book full of these turnaround stories of girls just like me. And it had come from an organisation called Mercy. I started to think, I'm not the only one in the world that feels like this. Less than a year later, I found myself walking through the doors of this residential home feeling the same, feeling broken, feeling dirty, feeling ashamed, but also feeling hopeful for the first time in a really long time. One of the things I really needed to be authentic about was how much I hated God. And I remember grabbing a basketball, you know, the sound it makes when it hits the concrete, every time it made that sound. That darkness and the hatred I felt towards God seemed to bubble up and surface and surface and surface. And I said to him, so what have you got to say for yourself? Not even you could rescue me. I felt utterly 
As I turned to walk away, I heard his voice in my heart, right here, and he said, I love you. I'm supposed to be unlovable. We have had over 300 young women now uh, go through the programme in the UK, which is such a joy. And there's so many stories. The one in particular that I will tell you about that always um, gets me in my gut. You know, some some just get you. And this one um, was a young woman. She was with us a good few years ago now. But before she came to Mercy, she would spend her every waking moment of the day wondering and thinking about different ways to die. She would walk past something and it would trigger another thought of, well, maybe I can die this way or maybe I can die that way. And death was her near constant companion. She often fantasized about it. And death was this obsession and it was this um, fixation that she had. And yet mm. she knew that God had placed before her, you know, choose life. And that term choose life was something that resonated and drove her to applying to come to mercy because in in an, amidst the death that surrounded her there was this one phrase of choosing life and so she chose life and she applied to come to mercy and she did months and I like I said it was a walk walk through it was a day by day difficult choices of yes. choosing life on a daily basis and after she graduated uh, some of the old dreams that she'd had in her heart before her time before Mercy uh, started to resurface. And she really believed and, and had this dream to become a midwife. And so about two or three years after she graduated Mercy, we got an email from her to say that she had finally uh, completed her training and she was now a midwife in the NHS. And the, one of the lines that really grabbed me and is, is probably why I remember it so much, she said, when I think of the the days I used to um, think about death and wish for death and be around death, so now to be a person who my hands catch life on a daily Gosh. basis, I am the first person to hold life in my hand for so many. And she's like, the, the transformation from walking hand in hand with death to holding life, um, can only be given the glory to God um, and thanks to Mercy. And f for me, her story is one that really captures what Mercy is all about, is helping people to, to make right choices, to choose life, to choose the future, to choose hope um, that God has made available to all of us. Uh, but sometimes people just need a little help along the way to help equip them to be able to make those choices. And she was one of those who was able to do that. It, it's so precious and priceless that I, I'm really, you know, it resonates much with me as well because to think of the enemy's plan for her mm. life and God yeah. has just completely smashed that to smithereens. And yeah. today, you know, she like described in the email is yeah. the one of the individuals that holds life when a yeah. new baby is born. I have some others. This yes, book please. here, I don't know if you can see it, yes, but I it's can. called Love Mercy. And this is the book that we released for our 10th anniversary. Uh, it's almost five years ago now. We've been around almost 15 years. So this book, for anyone listening or anyone watching, is full of testimonies. It has poems 
in that residents wrote when they were with us in the home. It has lyrics of songs that they wrote, worship songs that helped set them free and help, uh, you know, fight their battles. It has their stories. It has the beginning of Mercy in the UK, my story and my sister Debbie's story. So this would be a, a great, it's been designed as a bit of a, a, ta- a coffee table book. So it's very pretty to look at. And we have had so many stories even come out of that book of people who've passed it on to relatives uh, or friends who've needed something like Mercy. And that book has really encouraged them, inspired them, given them hope that if it can happen for someone like her, then maybe it can happen to me too. So I would definitely recommend that for people to read and and have more encouragement with uh, life transforming stories. Awesome. And we're going to put all the details on the screen. Um, in terms of books as well, just from that Love Mercy to From uh, Pain to Pearls, which is the book yeah. you scribed, what yeah. at the core is it that you hope um, From Pain to Pearls accomplishes? Well, really, it's about um, overcoming hopelessness and a sense of despair. I think sometimes people can feel really overwhelmed by the fact that they've not been able to control what's happened in their life. You know, we, we, we like to try and control everything, but life is uncontrollable. And sometimes we are the victim of other people's bad choices. Sometimes we're the victim of our own ignorance. Sometimes things just happen. You know, bad things do happen to good people. My sister is an evidence of that. Bad things happen to good people. And I don't have an answer as to why, but I do have an answer as to what next. What happens when bad things happen to you and you have no explanation and you don't know how to move forward? From Pain to Pearls really was my way of of actually using my own journey of overcoming the trauma that had happened to us within us as a family unit and God teaching me some of the principles of whilst we can't control what happens to us, we can control how we respond to it. And this every chapter is a different response. Uh, I, I've called it nacre responses. You know, the pearl is is the product of an oyster's um, response to to a violation. And you know, if you look at nature, the, the oyster it gets violated by either a little piece, a grain of sand, or a parasite, or even a little bit of its own shell can get onto the inside of the fleshy living part of the oyster, the part that is life, that is alive and it gets past the outer protection. And if it doesn't have a response from the inside, then that little violation, that little parasite, will start eroding and corroding the inside of the oyster to the point where it's just an empty shell. And unless it releases nacre, um, and what nacre does is it coats that parasite or coats the little grain of sand in a layer of nacre, and it coats it again and again and again until... All the sharp edges are removed. And instead of something that was going to kill it from the inside out, this oyster produces something of great value and great worth. And that was the concept of the book that really, as people, we have been given the anointing and the ability by God in our very DNA to release something on the inside that coats every violation, that coats every trauma, that coats every that the enemy would send to kill us, we are able to respond with the power of the Holy Spirit to coat everything with nacre, with different responses that would not just save us, but that would be for the benefit of many. It would create something of 
great value. Ooh. It comes from the scripture um, that God really spoke to me about in Genesis. It's a famous one where it says that the what the enemy meant for evil, mm. God will turn to good. And then it has another line after it that doesn't always get quoted, but it says what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn to good and this for the saving of many lives. Oh. And it's not just for our benefit. He doesn't just turn it for our personal good. God is able to do so much more than just heal us or, you know, bless us. It's always going to ripple out and pour out into the saving and the healing and the impacting and the inspiration of, of, of many others. Aye, absolutely. What are you excited about in this season? We discussed this before um, yeah. during our pre-interview chat that 2020 certainly has been, un, it's been unprecedented in so yeah. many ways. Nonetheless, there are lots, I believe there are lots of opportunities that God would want us to seize in this season. What are you excited yeah. about? I am excited about the opportunity to be creative in how we continue to reach as many people as possible. I think if I'm honest, online, virtual, uh, this kind of screen that we're doing was never my preferred way to communicate. We, we never paid much attention to it. It wasn't something that people we felt were particularly interested in. And now that we were for our hand has been forced. So we actually sent all the residents home uh, during the very beginning of, of lockdown. They went home to their respective uh, parts around the country and Europe. We had a, a European girl in as well. But we obviously wanted to continue their mm. program. And so we put everything online. So they have been calling, zooming in for uh, worship, zooming in for their one-to-one -one, uh, sessions with their facilitators. They've been doing class times together. They've been worshiping together, Bible reading together, still doing it all in a collective group, but doing it online. And what that's shown us that actually it does work. It may not have the benefit of the home and its environment, but it does work. And so what we are excited about is that we can actually add this service yes. to our existing residential service. So we've started making a distinction between our online and our on-site. Um, and the same goes for Keys to Freedom. And we haven't actually talked about Keys to Freedom yet, but that's our discipleship mm. workbook that we've based on what the residents have been doing inside our mercy homes for 35 years. We've taken that whole program and made it available to anyone, men, women, young, Brilliant. old, from whatever walk of Christian life they come from, to be able to do it in their own home as an eight-week workbook, just 20 minutes a day, five days a week with a Bible, a pen, a journal, and the Holy Spirit, and take themselves through a journey of wholeness, freedom, and transformation, and just basic discipleship, really. Hmm. And we've been able to, we've been working with 400 churches around the UK now who have this embedded into their small groups, and with lots, about 16,000 people doing it as an individual so without a, a group or anything, you don't need to go to a group to do it. You can just do it by yourself, which is very interesting in the last season where churches haven't been meeting. We've seen a huge uptake in individual people who've been locked down in their lounge and in their kitchen and in their bedrooms to go, well, how do I engage with a devotional journey, with a discipleship? How do I dig deep into God mm. when... 
the outside ways I used to do that going to church is no longer a viable option for the foreseeable future. Um, and so we found Keys to Freedom was just a huge uptake in it. And over, I think it was about nearly 400 people in the last six months have done Keys to Freedom online with our staff on the other end of the email, just supporting them through that journey. So I'm really excited about what that looks like for our future, because I do think we are stepping into a new landscape as a as a world, not just as a region or as a country, but as, as a globe, as a as humanity, we are stepping into a new season. And I do think it's full of challenges, but I also think it's full of opportunities. Uh, and so I'm excited about that. Again, a long answer to the question. I'm sorry. No, don't don't apologize. That is, I believe someone's being stirred up. Their faith is being stirred up. Just hearing what yeah. you've shared. Ideas and innovative thoughts are also coming to mind because um, it, it really is a season like no other, I believe, where innovation, creativity, inspiration by and through the Holy Spirit makes so many things possible for us. It's absolutely possible to do and go beyond it and have even more exponential impact and growth or to promote the kingdom. Amen. Now, unfortunately, our time is fast being, oh my being spent. Right? <laughs> it's been so, so fun talking to you. In our closing minutes, I really want to just open up the forum and, and give you a free flow to just maybe pour into someone that's watching or listening uh, what it is that you want to convey and say. And let us also know how we can connect uh, with your ministry, uh, Mercy UK, online. Well, first of all, for anyone listening and you're feeling really disconnected from God right now, maybe you're really missing that sense of community, that sense of having people around you where you would get support from from those people i just want to encourage you right now that god is with you he is emmanuel god with us that is in his name he called himself that because he has a promise attached that wherever you are whatever you're going through whatever you're facing you are not alone you are not forgotten you are not abandoned he is with you so be courageous uh, plug into him dig deep Open your Bible. Maybe it's been a little while. Open your Bible. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to truth, uh, to the truth of who he is and who you are in him. And my prayer today is that there would be those who who may be feeling that sense of despair and hopelessness would really connect with the presence of God. There is nothing like his presence. In his presence, there's this fullness of joy and it becomes our strength. Um, so seek him. And draw close to him. His promise is that when you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. So just remember those things today. In terms of mercy, we are here to help you along that way, along that journey. Uh, It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, whether you fit the criteria for the residential home or not. uh, We are here to be journeying with you. Uh, So we have lots of different ways we can do that. And you can find out all about them by going on to mercyuk.org or to follow us on any of the social media platforms, uh, which is Mercy UK org. Oh, thank you. Ariana, until our paths cross and we shall meet again. I, I just hope wanna... they do. Soon. Yes, yes. <laughs> I just hope and in the meantime, you guys will continue to be a beacon of light and a beacon of hope, that you are the hand of hope yes. to the hopeless and a voice to many voiceless ladies and men 
who are out there. Phenomenal work that you're all doing. And may God continue to, to bless you with all the resources and influence that you need to spread the work near as well as far. Thank you. Thank you. It was lovely to chat to you. And so please, uh, for you ladies and gentlemen who are watching and listening, please share this episode with your community with um, and on your various different social media platforms. Because I always like to say we just don't know what and where people are, are at, what people are going through. And sometimes it can just be a word of hope that is what they need to hear. And I certainly believe this is a message that is timely and it's a message in season for somebody. So please do share this episode with your friends as well as family. I'll catch you same time, same place next week. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and grace us with a rate and a review. If you would like to feature on the show or you wish to recommend someone, please drop us a line unshakablestories2020 at gmail.com or reach out to us online. We will connect with you again next week, same time, same place. Until then, God bless.